0: Screw it, screw it, we're just going to
1: talk about about comics. Hey there, welcome to Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. The only podcast in the universe where two friends talk about comic books. Not just friends, but brothers. And they talk about the comics they loved as kids, or loved as adults, or loved at any point. They just talk about comics. I'm one of the two brothers. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other brother slash friend, Kevin Hines. And we're going to talk about comic books. Um, Kevin and I are comedians and we are uh, improvisers. We are artists and creative people. Our mm-hmm. lives
0: our lives, are works of art all by themselves. Yeah, We are glasses wearing. We are bald or balding. We're bald.
1: Middle-aged. Yeah. Of unimpressive to subpar body type.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretty cool. Um, pretty great. You know, the sort
0: of people that you want to hear from
1: the kind of people that have never talked about comic books before. (laughs)
0: That's right. And, uh,
1: and uh, we're doing uh, this season of our podcast, we're doing justice league international, the late eighties incarnation of the justice league, which featured a lot of B list and C list heroes and was funny and lighthearted and um, a big contrast to the gritty Frank Miller, Alan Moore storytelling that was in vogue at the time.
0: I would say every photo I've seen of a comic book writer, looks like you or me after like a bad year. <laughs>
1: um, a year where we had to stay inside just working all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the year we're in, I guess. Yeah. We're becoming comic book writers because That's of great. the lockdown. Fantastic. Uh, but yes, uh, season four, of Justice League International. Um, we are on issue 10 now. Did yeah. you say that? You uh, might no, have. I did not. We're on issue 10. We're going to go uh, through issue 12 of Justice League International and then jump forward a little bit. Um but right now we are mired in a crossover. Yes. Which if you don't read a lot of comic books is when all of the comic books in a universe, so the DC universe or the Marvel universe, sort of are telling the same story. There's generally a series being released at a special, a limited series um that uh covers the main events and then all the Regular books that are coming out tie into it, have stories that are related to what's going on. So this is about this event is the millennium event and last issue tied into the millennium and this issue ties into the millennium. And then after that, we move on.
1: Yeah. And it's funny reading these. I never read the millennium storyline when it came out. So I don't, I only know what's going on from how it crosses over into Justice League issues. It's like trying to reverse engineer what the story is.
0: Yeah. And I think I mentioned last episode that I tried to read millennium and gave up.
1: And that's a bad sign. Cause you have a pretty uh, big appetite for comics. You're willing to read lots of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, a, a mediocre millennium. I probably would have read. I think it was bad, flat out bad, but I enjoyed you not crossovers. wanting, you not
1: finishing comic book is like Emeril, not
0: finishing a big bowl of spices. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm finishing the spices like eating the spices. I don't know. <laughs> you know. I'm not enough of a foodie
1: to come up with a better uh, specific. But all right,
0: then you shouldn't have gone to food for your analogy. Okay,
1: uh, I'll do something better. That's like an expert lamp maker not wanting to finish a lamp. I mean, do you know anything about lamp making? Nothing, nothing, not a mm-hmm. thing. Great. Um, yeah, Millennium's pretty boring. Uh, this story wasn't bad, though. It's not as good as last issue, but it was still
0: all right. I mean, the this, Justice League are fun. This is a fun story. It's also very interesting because the the main characters of Justice League International are barely in it.
1: Yeah, we kind of see the old Justice League show
0: up. Yeah, uh, some of them get some real fun personalities. Um, and it introduces a major player in Justice League International lore. Um,
1: no spoilers on who that is, but we will spoil it probably in about 10 minutes. So uh, yeah. get ready for that. Yeah, it's still a fun issue. Like Justice League is just a really fun comic, and Keith Giffen, the plotter slash breakdown guy, and J.M. D'Amato's the scripter. Oh, Giffen isn't even breakdowns; he's just plot.
0: Uh, he 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 does breakdowns, doesn't he?
1: Oh, he does breakdowns. Okay, yeah. 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 So, um, Giffen, I don't know he if he did it of-
0: for every issue, but he's generally credited as uh, plot and breakdowns.
1: Yeah, it's a fun credit. Like mm-hmm. the division or whatever, like that. Like he basically sketches out the story, sketches out the art, and then two other people got
0: to come in and finish everything. <laughs> yeah, this issue is also interesting because it, it it's almost like looking into a window, being like, oh, what if this is a lineup he had been given?
1: Yeah, what if he? What if his Justice League had all the main heroes?
0: Had Superman and Hawkman and Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Yeah, it's still pretty fun. Still pretty fun. A little more mainstream, maybe not as. Uh,
1: genre changing. There's no bo-ha-ha's. Yeah. Um, maybe J.M. Dematis is the, you know, maybe the scripting is the big magic touch,
0: you know? I mean, McGuire doesn't hurt. The, uh, somebody who just is so good at facial expressions. It's a, it's yeah. a magic potion of creators. I think it's all J.M. Dematis. I think it is all Al Gordon. The, the inker. inker.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, let's dive into this, Kevin. Sure. Let's do it. So issue 10, the cover, we are seeing the aforementioned old uh, old style league. There's Superman, Hawkman, and Hal Jordan Green Lantern prominently featured in the foreground, plus a couple other Green Lanterns just scattered around. So many Green Lanterns. There's
0: so many Green Lanterns. Uh, we still have Dr. Fate. We have Hawkgirl way in the background because, you know, women.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and Martian Manhunter. Hunter. Quote,
1: you're saying quota wise, Kevin? Like <laughs> I don't she's know. To- I don't. tokenized. Is that what you mean?
0: Uh, I don't know why she's way in the background, I guess. It, it, it's weird because there's another Green the,
1: Lantern is a woman way in the, way in the front. I don't know uh, who that is.
0: Yeah. Wearing like a very short top. Sex appeal. She's there for sex appeal. It is. Yeah.
1: There are uh, some boobs prominently featured in the foreground of this cover. Uh, She has like Spock ears. She looks like elf creatures, sort of
0: like. I believe she's a very problematic character if she is who I think she is. Um, I think she's a character that maybe was aged up, like was a kid that something happened to and became like an adult and then dated Hal Jordan. Ah. So she has like the mind of a 13-year-old. Well, it's like. Suddenly
1: Hal Jordan is like Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin. Um, uh,
0: yeah. It's something like that. It might not be this character. It might be a different Green Lantern character, but there is a Green Lantern character that has happened. I think this, this is the one. Um, my comment about Hawkgirl was just a, a, an attempt at humor. but oh, I mo- see. But also um, Hawkgirl's become like the main uh, character that kids know because she was the, she was a founding member of the Justice League cartoon. Oh, really? Yeah, the, when they did the Justice League cartoon uh, out of the Batman and Superman cartoons, um, the, the Justice League in, included her. I mean, I think they included her for a quota reasons. They didn't have many women other than Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and they used Jon Stewart instead of Hal Jordan for just to have one non-white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was awesome. She was great. She was a great character. Yeah. That's Justice League Unlimited you're talking about. Uh, it was called Justice League initially. It was just called the Justice League and then... After the second season, they changed it to Justice League Unlimited, or maybe in the in the second season, something like that. Okay, um, and then they added every other DC character they could get their hands on, which was everybody but Batman characters. Weird. They did not have access to Robin or Nightwing or any of the Batman villains except for Joker. They would get Joker. Uh, intellectual property rights are such a strange thing. Well, and it was they was owned by DC. Like I think it was weirdly like DC didn't want Batman characters in it because they had another Batman cartoon coming out. They thought people would be confused. Right. Um, and it was just like, ah, let them have two face if they want them or whoever.
1: I would say, um, I would say that sometimes it amazes me when corporations, you know, when they worry about people getting confused by things, I'm always like, people can understand that Batman exists in two cartoons at once. But then, um, I'm doing I'm teaching these improv classes online and uh, you sign up with your email address and uh, I had to make a change to a class so I emailed everybody and then one woman did not get the one student did not get the um change and she was like um she eventually contacted me she's like what happened to that class and I was like oh I emailed the change she's like oh I didn't the email address I gave you is not one that I check and I was like oh well the information is at that email. So maybe people would have gotten confused if Batman was in more than one cartoon.
0: Yes, but to use my th- three and a half year old as a test group, he watches the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, which has an yeah. Electro who's very different looking than the um, comic Atomic book Electro. Book. Yeah, he like wears like a radiation suit that like opens up and lets his and his bo- and his head like turns into electricity to give sort of the the silhouette of the original Electro. He doesn't okay. really look anything like that electro. Okay. But there's no question my son knows that's electro, and so is the one that Ditko draws. Yeah. He knows those are the same guys. And then we were flipping through something, and he saw, oh, he, we have like 10 minute Spider Man stories for him, and they draw electro like uh, the Jamie Foxx electro. Okay. And yeah. He's trying to market off the movie that they thought would be a huge hit. Yeah. And he knew it was, he was like, who's this? It's electro. He's like, okay. Ah. Huh. Well, you know, so I can't got, tell. Some people are smart and some people aren't. He's just like, oh, yeah, they, he did, they just draw him. He's blue in this book and he's not blue in this book. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. You figured that that's all you needed to know, I guess. So uh, they could have had Batman
1: villains in the Justice League cartoon. That's what we're saying. That's it. What do you think of this cover? Uh, I like it. Me too. So moving on. Splash page. Uh, it says that the title of the issue is Soul of the Machine. And we open on a kind of like an asteroid floating in space. And a bunch of the Justice League, old and new members, are kind of, looks like they're just hanging out.
0: Yeah. It also sort of looks like maybe the heavy hitters are sort of in the background having a conversation while Firestorm and Captain Atom are not included.
1: The first three pages of this issue, we kind of just like touch base with all the characters that we're going to deal with and some of them are dispatched with. And we kind of like establish who's going to be in this issue. So for a couple pages, they're just sort of standing around and talking, which I love because, uh, when James Demaddis the sole mastermind behind all of Justice League success. When James Demaddis <laughs> is doing the script it's fun.
0: Yeah. Um it definitely is some peace and moving going on here though because the first two pages are all Captain Adam and Firestorm and they fly off for the rest are, of the issue.
1: And are not in the story, yeah.
0: And I think there's even a caption box, uh maybe not in the trade but in the regular issue saying like read Firestorm to see what happens here. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes, I have a. am uh, looking at the actual issue and it says like, yeah, to find out what happens, you gotta go to Firestore number sixty eight. Um, did anybody do those editor captions before Stan Lee? That feels like a real Stan thing to do.
0: Uh, I have no idea. Okay, find out. No. So um well, I wrote for refused to find out.
1: Okay. So they're they're at the they're on a asteroid outside of the planet where the Manhunters live, and the Manhunters are an organization of killer robots that have, like, disguised themselves on Earth to overthrow the DC Superdom. That's what Millennium's about. And so they're here to fight these robots as part of the Millennium saga. Right?
0: Yeah, that's, that's enough.
1: And for some reason, the old Justice League has shown up. Like, Superman is here, Hawkman, some Green Lanterns. I don't know why. And a lot of the regular Justice League International members... Uh, Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle, Booster Gold are not here.
0: I mean, I think it's basically just like if it is such a big threat, Superman's getting involved.
1: Yeah. You always put Superman on your number one problem.
0: Yeah. You're not going to say, all right, Superman, don't worry. Blue Beetle's got it. Superman, hang out. Relax. Yeah. He's got an air gun.
1: (laughs) he's He's got a ship that he built himself and it's like pretty good. Yeah, not as good as anything Batman has. <laughs> um, so Captain Adam and Firestorm—they talk a little bit. Captain Adam says that oh, he feels like a mentor to Firestorm. Firestorm doesn't answer him. They fly off. That's it for the for the for them for this issue.
0: Yeah, we get a, a touch of Hawkman's personality, and Hawkman will join the Justice League International for a brief stretch. And I think uh-huh. it's just because they enjoyed writing him in this issue. Yeah, Uh, He sort of leans over to Martian Manhunter. This is on the third, second page. Um, And kind of says, so much for the element of surprise. John, already sort of beaten down by the Justice League International. This is par for the course for the league. And uh, Hawkman says, it wasn't in the old days, (laughs) which is sort of his role when he joins the team is just to complain about how the league has changed. Just to be the grumpy old man
1: that says it's not as
0: good as it used to be. And he's really good in that role.
1: I, I want to be that guy. Um, so then we get to a place where all of these heroes are going to huddle up and pick a plan. I E give us the exposition that they need to go down to this planet and beat the manhunters. Yeah. And there's a lot of Hawkman jokes. So he, w- w- how would you describe
0: Hawkman's personality? One. Awesome. Mm hmm. Um, uh, he's like a, he's like a Conan, uh, Conan, the barbarian with wings. Okay. Um, in terms of, he just wants to fight. He's like a fighter. Yeah, he's a brawler.
1: Um, He also is like, he's grouchy and kind of belligerent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's looking for a fight at all times. And then we have um, sexy, potentially jailbait Green Lantern. There's also Purple Green Lantern and Hal Jordan Green Lantern.
0: Yeah. I don't know how to beat on any of them. Hal Jordan is sort of like your prototypical square-jawed hero guy.
1: Just good guy, boring, but... Does yeah. the right thing or whatever.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. Hal Jordan, he's like Barry Allen and, and Superman to some extent, though I don't really think it's true for Superman that people just go like, oh, he's boring. Yeah. Cool power, a boring personality. He's just such a good, decent man that there's no story there. Um, though I think he can be written really fun and the Green Lantern series that was coming out at this time I really enjoyed, but he was definitely portrayed as just sort of like, you know, barrel in and save, save the day sort of guy. Yeah.
1: So uh, they chat for a little bit, and then uh, we establish that Dr. Fate is not as powerful as you may have heard, mm-hmm. that he's, there's he's, some earlier incarnation of Dr. Fate who's super powerful, and this guy's more normal, I guess?
0: Yeah, so the Dr. Fate that dispatched the gray man in an instant and was very cocky about it uh, has been depowered since then. Okay. And That, that did not, not
1: happen in the pages of Justice League.
0: No, that happens in the pages of Dr. Fate, I assume. Okay. Doctor so Fate also diminished- re- he'll also rejoin the Justice League briefly as a woman. Interesting. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, because um, I didn't like it. I was uh, like- he was a woman. <laughs> Doctor Fate was a woman in the um, Doctor Fate series. And I think I mentioned this, written by William Messner Lobes, and it was tremendously good.
1: Oh, huh. you're you're a big Messner Lobes fan, I know.
0: I am, but it was. It's also one of. It's it's. It's really good. I think you'd really get a kick out of it.
1: Oh, maybe I'll read it. You so won't. Uh, they you land won't. on the planet on the Prime Neverworld. They land on the planet. Superman is telescopic, visioning around. It's kind of a cool shot of all the heroes landing. Yeah. But trouble is, the planet is yellow, which is the hilarious weakness of the Green Lanterns. Yeah, It's
0: has been removed in the current comics, but at this time, it was still yeah, this insane weakness. Of just a they're color. an
1: all-powerful ring that can do almost anything unless something is the color yellow. Yeah. It's, then they're out of luck. So all their and villains so,
0: just, like, wear yellow pantsuits and stuff.
1: Yeah. So this planet's covered in yellow. There's yellow dust in the air. The Green Lanterns are like, shoot. And then Superman figures out that this is actually not the surface. It's a fake surface. And he, like, powers, you know, whatever, flies up and then through the ground to reveal that the actual planet is a giant machine. And this yellow surface is, like, some kind of just, like... Camouflage covering.
0: Uh Kevin McGuire getting the chance to draw some of the big heavy hitters and just nailing it. His Hawkman is great, his Superman is great, his Hal Jordan is great. Uh Superman is so powerful. and Sometimes you just think like, why do you need a Justice League? Yeah, he's the Justice League. Did, did you ever watch Super Friends as a kid? Um, yes. I went back and rewatched a bunch of them when I was in my twenties because of like uh Boomerang, the Cartoon Network spinoff was airing them or something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their plots would just be the villains taking Superman off the table. Yeah. Immediately defeating the rest of the super friends and then Superman returning and then winning. (laughs)
1: Like there's a lot (laughs) of
0: episodes where that happens and it's just like, yeah, I mean, Green Lantern should be able to hold his own. Yeah. Um, but no, it was just like Superman and Superman's friends is what they really should have called that. It's um it's cool to see Superman. Like I don't read a lot of Superman or even a lot
1: of DC comics. I just seeing Superman show up, I always kind of smile. I'm like, "Oh, that's that's good." I mean, he's great.
0: But yeah, I um, also don't read a ton.
1: So, we're here below the surface. We are now in the robot machine layer, I E the true surface of this machine planet, and they are curious that they have not been attacked. I mean, here they are in the headquarters of this Organization of killer robots, and there ain't a killer robot in sight.
0: Um, and just going back to the first panel on that page, after Superman has drilled through the outside of the planet, uh, Hawkman says he's a bit too theatrical for my taste about Superman. Yeah. Um, and that's fun to have Hawkman. Doesn't he thinks Superman's a bit of a showboater? Yeah.
1: And then his uh, then Hawk Responds, Mr. Rogers is too theatrical for your taste, darling. This is what I get for working with my wife. <laughs> yeah, a little vaudeville, a little... Yeah, so what do we got here? All right, so Purple Green Lantern thinks it might be a trap. What do, what does this mean, Kevin? And then Hawkman says, it obviously is a trap, uh, Katma Tui, but the question is, what kind? Uh... Yeah. She says, isn't it obvious? And was she mad that he said it was obvious? I think that must be it. It doesn't quite
0: read. Is that right?
1: A rare yeah. clunker from masterminds J.M. DeMattis.
0: Yeah, because she says it could be a trap. He goes, it's obviously a trap. Like if you read it, like he snaps at her. Yeah. Then it definitely, it's clear that she goes, well, isn't that obvious? Okay. Um, but if you read it sort of calmly, then it, it doesn't read It's It's like, is it obviously a specific kind of trap that we should know? Yeah. Um, the next page, we
1: get our big addition to the Justice League universe. Yes. The uh, worst Green Lantern in the Green Lantern Corps emerges.
0: Yeah, so this like little hatch opens, and a dog man pops his head out. Hey, 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 what's uh, What's going on here? Some kind of convention or something? And Hal Jordan immediately is rolling it. He doesn't have pupils in his mask, but he's rolling his eyes. Yeah. Good job, Kevin McGuire. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Martian Manhunter goes, why? It's another green lantern. And, and Hal Jordan just goes, oh no, (laughs) this character has never been shown ever before in a comic book and Hal Jordan hates him so much. So he's some,
1: his name is Nort G N O R T.
0: Yeah. I believe it because it's apostrophe G apostrophe N O R T. Not in this issue, but eventually. Is it G Nort? (laughs) I don't, I still pronounce it Nort.
1: It feels like it should be Nort. And um, he is a Green Lantern, but he is incompetent and an idiot. And as Hal Jordan explains in panel six, his uncle was a very influential member of the GI Corps, the, Gu- G-L, and sort the of G-L. Pu- uh, GL Corps, and he sort of pushed Nort through. The Guardians assigned him this sector because it's totally devoid of life. And with the cloaking device, they never knew this planet existed. So Nort was accidentally given a planet to patrol.
0: Yeah. It's also just very funny to imagine the Green Lantern Corps, sort of the superhero police force, having somebody who's like an alumni or something, so a sponsor. Hey, I built that training center. Maybe give yes. Nord a chance. Yeah. So Nord has a ring. Nord has a power ring.
1: One of the most powerful weapons in the universe yeah, and uh, Superman at first tries to be nice to this guy and assumes that he must be on the up and up. He's a Green Lantern, after all.
0: Yeah, even after hearing that story from Hal, or maybe he didn't hear it because Hal was sort of whispering it to other people. Superman goes over and says, "I salute your courage, friend." Yeah, <laughs> taking on the Manhunters by yourself. Uh, how long have you been here? I'll oh, see, maybe uh, three months. I was just cruising
1: through space till I bumped into this invisible world. Once I found my way in, I kind of got lost down here. By the way, what's a Manhunter? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, Superman so he has clearly no idea what's going on. Superman clearly doesn't know that this guy's an idiot because then Martian Manhunter leans in and goes, Superman, a moment of your time, please. Green So Lantern. now we have an idiot Green Lantern in addition to the three existing
1: competent Green Lanterns. Yes. And uh, Dr. Fate suddenly senses a very powerful intelligence. So even though we haven't seen any villains, he senses what must be one of the main villains, and he's just pointing somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Fate makes this big proclamation. A central intelligence, an extraordinary power. Martian Manhunter goes, what did you just say, Fate? And Nort goes, Nort. The name is Nort. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> <When> Martian, <laughs> nobody addressed him. He's great. I love Nort. He's really funny. He becomes a, um, a frequent visitor to the Justice League, and he's just never welcomed <laughs> by any member of the team.
1: He's really funny. Um, I love the presence of Nort. Yeah. Uh, they leave Nort to guard the bathrooms while they go off to fight. And Nort reminds them that he's never found the bathrooms. Yeah. And Hal Jordan assures him, then start looking, Nort. The reputation of the entire corps depends on it.
0: Yeah. They ditch this guy hard. <laughs> so Hal Jordan, who I was describing as like a really good guy, that's a, really, that's a dick move. And it's, it's very funny.
1: Senior to a freshman kind of move.
0: And it's not like Superman stands up for him. Superman lets that happen. They're all... Superman, Martian Manhunter and Green Lantern three of the the greatest heroes in the DC universe are sort of like nort go away. Yeah. Uh the, they are all just they're all bullies together. The Justice League are bullies. Yeah, that's right. They're they they they're the uh what do you call them? The mean girls. The mean girls, of yeah. In their high school. Uh so
1: then we cut away and there is a whole uh, conflagration or whatever of j- killer robots and they are they have they know the justice League is here and they're waiting to fight them they can't wait but then the Justice League burst into this very room and it is the robots did not know they were so close and it's kind of a very dramatic cool entrance shot of uh, the Justice League coming in guns ablazing
0: yeah Superman just knocks these doors down two of the Green Lanterns are just shooting beams the Hawk people are in the background wings. Uh, uh, spread. It's it's really cool.
1: Doctor Fate and Martian Manhunter are working their capes. Something
0: fierce. Yeah, they're just sort of cape posing. You got to get a little cape action in there.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. And then uh, a lot of capes. Three capes in the DC universe has got a lot of capes. Yeah, Marvel decaped the superhero. It really brought the cape average down. But DC's fighting to keep the cape average high.
0: Yeah, we cut away to see that the uh, jailbait Green Lantern is had, had created like diversion heroes flying through the tunnels to distract them.
1: Yeah. Something that set off the robots, like radar systems and made them think there was a whole bunch of heroes several miles away so that the real heroes could sneak up on them undetected. Yeah. The logic isn't a hundred percent sound, but uh, I'll buy it. And this, now our justice league is here just beating the crap out of all these robots.
0: Yeah. They're robots. So they can let loose.
1: It's like a video game. You're allowed to just beat the crap out of them and not feel bad
0: about it. Yeah uh by and we the see dozens. them all just
1: making their way with the yeah by the dozens by the hundreds
0: yeah by and the, the do- Justice League
1: wipe them all out
0: yep the uh, Doctor Fate takes out like them in a blast even a, even a lesser powered Doctor Fate is just uber powerful Uh yeah they just take out what seems thousands and thousands of robots
1: so Doctor Fate still we still haven't seen the. Big central intelligence Dr. Fate talked about. So after they wipe out the robots, he does a cool like mind sensor thing and figures out where they are and like runs off to do it and sneaks off. And so Superman's like, Hey, anyone see where Dr. Fate went? And Hawk, uh, is it
0: Hawk girl or Hawk woman? Uh, I think at this point it's Hawk girl, but I don't know. All right. Well, uh, she's gone by both. Hawk female says,
1: uh, <laughs> he went that away. Uh, you know, I've been waiting my whole—I've been waiting years to to say that. That's funny.
0: Yeah, there's also a little bit of just a hint that Martian Manhunters changed because after this fight, all the all the uh, classic heroes are talking about how good that felt. Hawkman yeah. goes, "I enjoyed that." How Jordan responds, "I hate to admit it, but so did I. Reminded me of the way it used to be." Uh, Hawkman responds, "Right." When the Justice League goes trustworthy, dependable, and then Martian Manhunter says, "Dull, thick-headed." <laughs> Like he yeah. likes his Justice League.
1: Yeah, he's being won over to the to the new kids. Um, a hawk woman. Superman addresses her as Hawk Woman. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, th- I think that maybe changed. Uh, at, uh, this is probably before Hawk World. I don't know.
1: Um, so now we get to another threat that Doctor Fate has led us to. Even though they wiped out every single robot in two pages, there's like a birthing chamber where like a looks like. Dozens and dozens, maybe hundreds, of new robots are being created, and there's kind of a daddy robot who's like powering them all,
0: right? Um, yeah, yeah, basically, and it's like, yeah, you know, like it's a birthing chamber or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. and so this is also a big oh, problem. They say it;
0: Wait. it's a birthing
1: chamber. Is the exact words they use. Yeah, um, and it's a huge problem. But oops, no, it's not. Superman just melts them all and destroys everybody. And so the daddy robot is upset and he responds immediately by flying away.
0: Yeah, it, it it sort of feels like Giffen and Dematis didn't care about this Millennium series that much. They're just like, well, they were told they had to deal, like, in your series, you've got to destroy this robot. Okay, done.
1: <laughs> and um, so they've, so now this the daddy robot has left and that means the planet is collapsing somehow. Yeah, he's the only his, thing
0: holding it together. Yeah,
1: not gravity, not coagulated matter, just this dude. And so
0: um, they all fly off. Well, there's this moment where the robot says, you'll never reach the surface in time. And Superman goes, uh, don't worry about it, and just flies straight up and creates a hole. For them to fall. There's a cool little shot here on one of the pages where,
1: uh, um, I'm sorry to describe her this way, but sexy Green Lantern just makes like a little umbrella over her head to yeah. like protect her from something. I like that too. It's kind of fun. And um, I think her name so is the like Justice Arisa. League makes it out, no problem. Arisa? Arisa? Yeah, something like that. And uh, the Justice League makes it out, kind of no problem, and they're just wondering what happened to Nort, um, and they kind of don't care. They're just assuming that he's all right. I mean, he does have a ring.
0: Yeah, Superman makes the comment, maybe I should go back, and Hal Jordan says, it's not like the planet's blowing up, Superman. It's just falling apart. <laughs> Talk superman out of saving somebody that's a real power <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot of issues where the justice
1: league like there's like a big fight and a big threat and the fun is all the character interaction and then the actual battle wraps up no problem
0: yeah and then uh, captain adam and firestorm return with a couple other characters uh, harbinger and drick i think drick harbinger an- crisis another, i think drick is another green lantern okay and um, so now Millennium's done, and. Well, there's this uh, um, Firestorm where Captain Adam says, Boy, when you guys party, you you really bring down the house. And Hawkman, I don't understand this. Why does everyone feel so compelled to make jokes all the time? Right. And then Hawkwoman says, Kadar, love of
1: my life, please. Yes. Don't ever change.
0: Yeah. And he had critiqued her for saying that that-away joke. Uh, she doesn't like the jokes. Or he doesn't like the jokes, right? Yeah. And she's good at them.
1: So yeah. even though we have a little bit left I think we should take a break here.
0: Yeah, we should. Uh we should take a break. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. We're back, and we've just completed the main part of this story, the Millennium Crossover, but we've got a little epilogue story drawn by Keith Giffen. Got that crazy
1: Keith Giffen art here. Everyone's, like, very slender. Their heads are very oblong. Mm Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell for at least this guy, for Will Hines, just like what's going on action wise. For mm-hmm. me, it's hard to like, I can't really grasp that a lot of times.
0: Well, since I have a higher intelligence than you, I'm able to follow it pretty well. Good. That's good. Um, so I can explain anything to you.
1: So this is um, on Earth? Yes. And it's like Blue Beetle and Mr. Miracle um, are dealing with something. Yeah, They're like normal members of Justice League International. So we're checking in on some of our main members that weren't in the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first, uh, the second panel has Blue Beetle saying, just checking out this flying saucer that Aquaman hauled in. And Mr. Miracle says, the Manhunter ship? And Blue Beetle says, yeah, that's all you need to know. They have a Manhunter ship and Blue Beetle and Mr. Miracle, sort of tech savvy guys, are checking it out.
1: Okay. Uh, so they immediately they they start fiddling with it. They start fiddling with it, and a trap immediately emerges. This like little ball, and it like kind of toys with Mister Miracle, and then flies off and wraps itself around the head of somebody nearby.
0: Yeah, it flies around, shoots a few beams at them, uh, and then yeah, wraps around the head. I don't know who it is because we he's like cloaked in shadow when we first see him. Um. They look like Green Lantern-y kind of people? Yeah, I mean, they're clearly Millennium characters. There's something about um, chosen by the Guardians for this honor. It's something from Millennium that I don't care about. But yeah, this ball is suffocating this person, and Mr. Miracle is nervous that he won't be able to get it off
1: the man in time. So there's like this kind of back and forth between Blue Beetle and Mr. Miracle, like Blue Beetle's making jokes, but he's also complimenting Mr. Miracle of how competent and great he is. But Mr. Miracle is worried and doesn't quite know what he's going to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then Kilowog shows up. He's another Green Lantern who has not shown up in Justice League International yet, but uh, is the person who designed the Rocket Reds outfits. And is just sort of a mechanical, technical genius. Okay.
1: Uh, So while Mr. Miracle is like fretting over this, Kilowog uh, walks up and blue beetle sort of catches him up. It wrapped itself around it wrapped itself around Jan, Jan here. It's going to do a shake and bake on him if Scott doesn't do something first. But don't worry, Mr. Miracle's probably the only man on the face of the planet who
0: can. And then Kilowog interrupts. You poozers tried turning it off yet? Poozers being a term he uses to uh, describe everybody. Okay? Uh, Mr. And, Miracle uh, Mr. says, "What do you mean?" What do you mean? And then
1: Kilowog just reaches down and turns it off, and the mask retracts, and the problem is solved. Yeah. And then he flies away. And Mr. Miracle's like, turn it off? And Kilowog is like, yeah, it's obvious. Basically, like, if you knew what you were doing, you'd see that off switch, but you somehow missed it. Yeah, it's just a simple Grillion mind probe. Mr. Miracle's like, but the smoke? Yeah. And Kilowog goes, a mild sedative, harmless. Mr. Yeah. Miracle's like, harmless? I, I didn't know. And so, like, Beetle it starts kind of, like, needling Mr.
0: Miracle, and that's the end of the story. Yeah. Uh, the end, Mr. Miracle tells Beetle to shut up, and the last caption is, so say we all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the end of that story. It's also the end of Millennium, as far as we care.
1: As far as Justice League cares. There'll
0: be a little reference to it next issue.
1: Um. It's pretty fun. Justice League is fun. It's kind of a, it's a good test of it that even like with uh, all this like crossover stuff to deal with, it's still a pretty fun issue.
0: I mean, it does show that uh, some of it is having these great characters, but some of it is just this creative team was going to put out a pretty good comic at worst. If this is the worst comic they're going to put out, if they were given a lineup of mostly green lanterns and Superman, it's still good.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
0: Um, So what's your highlight? Um, I'm going to pick as a highlight. uh, I'm going to pick a page from the uh, Keith Keith Giffen art, Hmm. which isn't fair because it isn't necessarily what I think about when I think about this issue. But um, I love this second to last page with uh, Mr. Miracle getting closer and closer on Mr. Miracle's face as he's like stressing over how to deactivate this ball and kill while walking in the background. That whole page just just glancing at that page, I think is very beautiful.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Nort is the highlight just Nort's in terms the of highlight. Like I mean, big yes. moments, but in terms of like just little, little moments that we usually pick for our favorite moments to, I'll say John Jones defending the current league by calling the old league dull and thick headed. Yeah. Is, um, kind of fun.
0: Nort thinking they're talking to him when they're talking to fate is also a uh, wonderful, it's very
1: funny. Those are all good moments. They get the Kevin and will award.
0: Um, that's it. That's the end of the issue. Well,
1: so Kevin, are you enjoying this revisit of justice league? Is it paling in comparison for you? Is it making it better? You know, sometimes you read stuff you like when you're
0: a kid and you're like, wait a minute, I must've been an idiot. This is bad. It's not the first time I've reread it since it came out. I've reread it probably two other times. I reread it at some point just out of college when I got access to my comics. Again, I pulled out all the issues and read through them all. And then when they released the trades, I reread them as those trades came out. So I read through those first six trades mm-hmm. again. Um, and then I, uh, as we've been reading, I've been reading ahead. I've just finished my reread. I'm completely through the entire uh, international era, uh, at least the Keith Giffen era. And uh, I still enjoy it a lot. Just yeah. League America, as I've hinted at, I think drops off pretty fast for me. Right, I think the next twelve issues are okay, and then i I sort of am bored by a lot of it. Okay, uh, and it the the and then Justice League Europe starts around that time, and I think Justice League Europe is pretty great throughout. Yeah. Um. So between the two comics, if you almost look at them as one comic, it's pretty good. And that Justice League Europe sort of holds up Justice League America, where it takes some of the pressure off Justice League America, and I can sort of enjoy them both. Um. It ends with a fifteen part summation called breakdowns, which I think is pretty boring. Mm. Uh, maybe I'll talk more about that when we're wrapping up. 15 is a lot of parts. That's a year and a quarter. It is. It just doesn't feel as fun as everything that preceded it. So it's just sort of like as a wrap up, it's it's not even good. It's not even like, yeah. Oh, they were, they were tying too many loose ends. There weren't really loose ends. It was just, it lost some of the magic in yeah. that part. Maybe they were just tired of doing it or maybe they were trying something different and it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, I also read they did two follow-up series called I Can't Believe It's Not Justice League and formerly the Justice League, I think, were the two names of them. Okay. And they funny. are a blast. Yeah, so.
1: after the team had a break, you know, maybe they just needed to recharge.
0: Yeah. I mean, there was a brief period where they were doing two issues a month plus the quarterly. So yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. And annuals.
1: Yeah. So um, I mean
0: so that's like doing because the quarterlies were like annual so they're doing four quarterlies I think they only ended up doing three of those but that's like three quarterlies two annuals plus the 12 issues of each book and that's gonna burn you out um but I, I enjoyed it for the, for the most part I still like it a lot I think these first 12 issues are great and it, they feel like something special still to me uh, like it's like oh yeah this feels like um, if you didn't know this book existed and you were reading it, you'd be like, oh, I can't believe the justice league was ever like this. Yeah. In a good way. Um, well,
1: I'm really liking it. I, I read it, you know, it originally came out and uh, haven't really revisited it since then. And I'm really enjoying it. So I give it a big thumbs up. Um, uh, we have a few
0: emails to read. Will, if you're interested, I am interested. Great. Uh, the first one is from Jack, uh, a geed, geeder, uh Jack geeder, okay. uh, I think okay. He phonetically wrote it out and I still couldn't figure it out um, Dear Kevin and Will Just wanted to say I really enjoy this podcast I started listening about six months ago While in the midst of a Ditko Spider-Man reread It was really fun to go back And rediscover those stories alongside you And see where our tastes differed I've always adored the Crime Master two-parter And captured by J. Jonah Jameson for example While I've never cared for the Goblin and the Gangsters All right. Um, I found it really surreal when you guys first mentioned that you grew up in Danbury, Connecticut, since I'm from the nearby town of Ridgefield. Oh, wow. I actually first listened to your Amazing Fantasy 15 episode as I was driving home for my five-year high school reunion. Uh, I used to frequent Cave Comics in Waterbury, growing up a unique little store based out of a disused train station. Not sure if you guys ever got there, so if that wasn't a sign to keep listening, I don't know what is. And I think I mentioned this in some episode, but I don't know when... And it sounds like he skipped around a little bit. Uh, I went there all the time to Cave Comics.
1: Yeah, that was like your store for a while.
0: Yeah, after Outer Limits, once I had a car, Outer Limits got worse and worse and worse. Um,
1: Outer Limits being the original comic book store that we went to as kids. Yeah, the one that was really desert. close to where we lived. Um, we could walk there and it was like the only place we could walk to.
0: Yeah, it, it became less, of a, it was less reliable. Like He didn't always get the new comics out on time because uh, his son took over. Yeah. Um, nice guy, but he wasn't as into it as his dad was. Right. Very nice guy. And I was just like, ah, oh. they would just like frequently not have the comics that I had on my pull list. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, I got to go somewhere else to get this comic because I need my fix. Yeah. And so I started going to Cave Comics and they were better. So I started for a little while, I had a pull list at both. Like anything new I wanted to get, I got at Cave Comics, but I just had my old stuff the at our limits because I didn't want to like cancel everything. Loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, but at some point I made the switch completely over and I loved Cave Comics. Yeah, uh, I remember going there with you a couple times. I remember it being a really good place. He introduced me to Bone, which I never would have read. Uh, it's where I first started reading uh, Uncle Scrooge comics. Though I think I, he didn't get me hooked on those, but that's where I started buying them. And he had a bunch it's, uh, of those. It's fun
1: when the comic book store person is like into comics and is like an advocate of cool stuff and reads a lot of different things yeah. so they're not like... They're not like
0: locked into one style. He basically said like, Oh, if you like Carl Barks, Donald duck comics, you're going to like bone. He and might. I, and at that point I was just sort of like, okay, I'll trust you and buy one issue of this comic. Yeah. And then I bought every issue of that comic and I bought every collection of that comic. Some of them twice. So, uh, um, I love bone. Bone's great. Anyway. So, uh, so, uh, Jack, I have been to cave comics a lot. Uh, yeah. He skipped season two, which is the FF um, season. Totally understand. understandable.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's an, it's
0: an insane undertaking that we did. Uh, but then his next paragraph, not sure if you've said it on the podcast before, but what are your thoughts on the Bixby for Rigno incredible Hulk TV series? We definitely talked about this a little bit, but, um,
1: my, my thoughts are that it was pretty good, especially for the time. Like, um, that, you know, special effects were so terrible in the seventies. Star Wars had just hit the movie theaters. Maybe not even, maybe Hulk was before Star Wars and TV wasn't anywhere close to having good effects. And so, you know, Lou Frigno is a painted green weightlifters, you know, cheesy looking, especially to modern eyes. And it's very slow. I've watched some of these episodes in recent years, but they're not like totally dumb and they do a good job of making the Hulk a story that works on like television. They, they changed the origin in a way that I think is smart. How did they change the origin? They changed the origin that banner is, um, his was in a car accident and his wife gets killed because he wasn't strong enough to lift the car off of her. And he becomes obsessed with how some people in moments of stress get an adrenaline rush where they're able to do feats of strength And he's tortured by why he didn't have this adrenaline rush to save his wife. And so he gets obsessed with giving himself some kind of boost. And he tries all these different experiments. None of them do anything. And one night out of frustration, he just somehow overloads the machine and zaps himself. And that makes him the Hulk. Hmm. it's interesting. And it's like a little bit more emotionally motivated than just like a bomb test.
0: Yeah. It doesn't have the tragedy of like, oh, you were doing a good thing. But it has this different uh, aspect to it. Yeah. Uh, and definitely the TV show was very tragic. I don't think I've seen more than five or six episodes of the show yeah, or have any memory of, um, uh, anyway. Keep the fun up- thing about
1: the Hulk was if you're like my age, if you're like in your forties basically now, uh, when you were a kid, you definitely watched the Hulk and like, I don't know if it was an actual big hit. I mean, it ran for multiple seasons, but, um. All kids my age, when you'd, you'd grow up and reminisce about watching the Hulk, it was like a weird, like, shared cultural thing. But I think it has, like, totally faded. Like, I don't think anybody gives a crap about, like... You know, like, the old 60s Kirby cartoons have, like, a kish kitsch value that people look up. And the Super Friends cartoon, I feel like, kind of stayed alive in people's minds. But the Hulk series, I feel like, has vanished.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the idea of the Hulk... The transformation scenes, I think, are still a thing that people are aware of because when they did the Obama Hulk sketch on SNL, they basically did the Bixby turning into Lou Ferrigno Hulk. Like where he turns his back and they close it on his back and the shirt rips. Yeah. Um, like that is from that show. I remember as a kid playing, pretending to be the Hulk And Uh, it was inspired by that show. Yeah, I also remember pretending to be the Six Million Dollar Man. Million
1: Dollar Man, yeah, that was the other big one. Which I also didn't really
0: watch. But like you knew like, oh, they move in slow motion and (laughs) two feet, whenever you do Feats of Strength, just slow down. I mean, it was a pretty ingenious way to do a zero budget special
1: effect, just like switch to slow motion. Yeah. And that means he's running fast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The sound effects do a lot of heavy lifting. Uh,
1: No pun intended. It was really
0: fun. Uh, Keep up the good work, guys. Can't wait to see what you'll tackle next. I'd be down to see you tackle a non-superhero comic at some point, like Will Eisner's The Spirit or Yasaji Ojimbo. I love Yasaji. Those are fun suggestions. We'll Uh, probably never do The Spirit, but I haven't read enough of him. Yeah. Um, Then he has an answer about what his Justice League lineup would be. Oh, okay. He explains a lot of it. I'm just going to read his lineup. Uh, His leader would be Supergirl. Okay. Martian Manhunter sounds like a second in the command/mentor. slash mentor. Okay. Uh Batman, I can see that. Dick Grayson as Batman would be his Ooh, that's fun. A blue blue lantern, who I'm not familiar with. Okay. Uh, Terry Berg uh Flash He's a U- United Nations authorized Green Lantern. Well, there's a there's not Green Lanterns of all colors. Oh. But I just never heard of Terry Berg. So there's blue, yellow, red, green, bl- uh white. Huh. Yeah, I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> um but people love like hot right now It sold like uh gangbusters it was a huge yeah, huge deal that's fun the next Green Lantern movie for sure will deal with it uh flash he wants it to be a new younger female incarnation or wally west um, okay adam ryan Choi, who's the second adam giganta who's a wonder woman villain uh trying to reform oh that's fun and then lois lane On assignment from the Daily Planet. So Lois Lane sort of is like a a woman. uh, Like Nina Harker in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, And I think that's That's a really fun fun choice. He also wants part-time members from Satana, Firestorm, Elongated Man, and Red Tornado, who are all fun characters. Uh, I love the idea of Lois Lane. uh, That's an inspired choice. I love Lois Lane being in the League. Especially without Superman.
1: I mean, she's, you know, she's in terms of... Uh, How well she's known to the reading audience. She's like ubiquitous, like everybody knows Lois Lane. And um, the idea of somebody who's cut their teeth by first dating Superman and being like a reporter who gets into all these dangerous situations. It sounds,
0: it's cool. I mean, she is one of the best female characters in the DC universe. So yeah. In
1: in all of comic books.
0: Yes, yes. uh, uh, Pretty great. By the the very nature of that. And he sent me a two-page explanation of these choices, which I can share with you, Well. I'd like to read it. That's really uh, well thought out. Uh, 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 Brad Dubinsky emails us. Love the show. I've been listening since way back in the first season. Which are the only listeners I care about, Will?
1: Right. If you're not here from the beginning, we don't want to hear from you.
0: uh, I've always been more of a DC guy, so I appreciate the non-Marvel detour this season. I'm sure you noticed it before, but I thought I'd mention it just in case. Uh, You just mentioned the question dropping uh, Rob... uh, can you say Rob Dignagian thank you that's a I looked it up
1: on uh, YouTube after uh, that episode
0: yeah in that it's, same it's to Lex Luthor in that same speech he goes on to say A is A I uh, thought it was a oh. fun nod to Ditko's work with Mr. A
1: extremely cool I, I forgot about that that's awesome
0: yeah I think we did talk about that when you first watched it but I also did forget about it yeah and he sent a link to a video with that being said there's a lot of YouTube
1: videos of like the greatest moments of the question and Justice League Unlimited and it's worth looking up. It's so
0: fun. The question, I mean, he's not, he's not like he is in the DC comics. He's not like Rorschach. He's not, he's his own thing and he's wonderful. Yeah. He's really funny, really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we have one more. Yes. One more. Uh, Daniel Bowen emails. Good. Uh, You both have excellent taste in comics. Thank you. Thank you. I have been a fan of Ditko Spider-Man since I was given an amazing Spider-Man Marvel Masterworks when they were being printed as hardcovers. Oh, yeah. I've also begun buying Kirby's FF in trade and I'm eyeing a Hulk trade. I wanted to ask you about a previous incarnation of the Justice League. Uh, What are your thoughts on Justice League Detroit? One of the first no. non-Batman comics I ever bought was the Death of the Justice League, which featured a team of Martian Manhunter, Gypsy, Vibe, Vixen, and Commander Steel. Like JLI, these characters did not have their own titles and the team is underpowered, but it was racially diverse and had an underdog, had an underdog quality to them. Some of these characters have had a resurgence on TV lately. That's true. Just wondered if you had any thoughts on JLD. I haven't read it, but that sounds really fun. Yeah, I never read it. Uh, I heard it wasn't that good. Um, it's a good idea. Sure. It's a great idea. Uh, I've never read a single issue of it. I'm aware of those characters. Some of them because of the show up on the flash TV show, a gypsy shows up in the justice league international run from that. And it's established that mm. John knows her from justice league Detroit, but uh, I never read a comic with vibe in it or commander steel. I think commander steel is in legends of tomorrow now. Um, uh, but yeah, in Vixen, I've read, I,
1: yeah, it sounds like the kind of thing that sounds really fun and trying to get some of the Keith Giffen Justice League magic, but in but like mixing some other stuff. That sounds
0: great. Yeah, I but mean, if it wasn't know. a hit, I wonder if it just wasn't written well, but it might have been. I haven't read it. So that's a crazy thing for me to, to guess. No, let's critique it. Let's get into some seriously detailed <laughs> I mean, critiques. It's just like maybe people uh, there's lots of great comics that get canceled or don't do well and they're good. Yeah. So just, you know, it's like it uh, didn't do well. Yeah. 1st three re-season of rest Development was badly written. Otherwise, it would have been on the air longer. <laughs> uh, I'm also glad you're covering Justice League Europe, but please do not forget about Justice League Antarctica. And we won't. We won't. We won't forget about it, but I don't think we're covering that issue. But well, that does feature Nort. There's a Nort and the Injustice League and also the Scarlet Skier. I reread it recently and it is a bonkers issue. It's an annual. Yeah. Uh, the idea- they created
1: Justice League Antarctica just to kind of, like, get rid of some, like, annoying people.
0: Yeah, all the pests that that bother the Justice League, he gives their own embassy in Antarctica, but then a real threat arrives <laughs> and they botch it. It's great. <laughs> um, thank you, Milksops, for the Stanley impressions and vocabulary lessons.
1: I love that we get called milksops. It's it so, so funny. funny. <laughs> Panty wasted milksops. And you know what? I think we are. I love it. I we are. We are panty-waisted I'm, milk
0: milksops. General Thunderbolt Ross would hate us. No, he would not like us. He'd be right though. If he called me a milksop, I'd be like, yeah, all at. Right.
1: You're right. You're hundred percent right. I like you for thinking <laughs> that of me. Um Kevin he, is that is, all the, is that all the emails? That's all the emails he mentions vocabulary lesson. Okay, yeah. So I owe Kevin a huge apology. <laughs> um I have a huge amount of egg on my face. I have an antarctica size amount of egg on my face. I think what will be two episodes ago um I
0: laid into Kevin
1: Ugh. when he used the it word Plus,
0: After you finished recording, you kept yelling at me. I wouldn't like I wouldn't let up. Um,
1: Kevin used the word nonplus to mean unaffected, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, that's not the right meaning. It means angry. And I really, I was, I was really certain about it. <laughs> <laughs> and not only was I wrong, Kevin was right.
0: Yeah. It's, <laughs> I was, I
1: was a hundred percent wrong.
0: <laughs> I was only 50% right. It sounds like. Uh, well, not, uh, there is an alternate meaning that you did
1: not use it as.
0: The, 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 it can mean confused. C- it confuses the actual meaning and then unaffected is sort of the modern over the last like 50 years. Has sort of taken yeah. over the use of the word.
1: But in no context does it mean angry, which no. is what I said.
0: No, it's never meant um, that. We've got tweeted at a couple, a couple of times from people.
1: We, we It was maybe our most passionate reaction from our <laughs> audience was what a jerk I was <laughs> and that I was wrong. Yeah. Like people couldn't wait for my say, I guess I'm the villain of this podcast
0: now. Our screw you know what it, really it? It was, great about podcasts? A yeah. Stuart comics Twitter feed was filled with people screenshotting, uh, dictionary, uh, <laughs> screenshots.
1: It was super wrong immediately. Even our friend Christopher Scott just said, wow, when he like heard about my dressing down of you. Yeah. Chris, Chris got a nice person was on the feeding frenzy of Will Hunt. Yeah. He hadn't well, listened
0: to the podcast, but he was like, I'm sure will just meant this other meaning. I was like, no, will picked
1: zero of those meanings. Yep. And yep. He, Chris Scott he tried to defend me and he, and I was wrong. Uh, here's the great thing about podcasts is I will now be hearing about this forever. Yeah. Because like anybody who listens to that episode doesn't, you know, there's no way that they'll know that in two, ep- I mean, even the next episode, I don't acknowledge it. Cause we recorded those two on at once or something. Yeah. We're about a week They're ahead. Like, right. So, you know, this apology is so removed from the crime that no one will know that I know I'm wrong. I, you know, I have this Beatles podcast. I do sometimes screw it. We're just going to talk with the Beatles and like, I've definitely made huge mistakes on there. I, I've minimized them somewhat. I've I moved down to, like, more obscure mistakes that are not so easily caught. But in the early days, I made, like, huge mistakes. Yeah, well like when you and said every, uh,
0: Roy Orbison was the first Beatle.
1: I said Roy Orbison founded the Beatles <laughs> and was the only member for 10 years. Yeah. Um, no, but, like, and every, you know, and people are generally very polite about it because I was not, like, condescendingly dressing anybody down. When I made those mistakes, but people email and like, Oh, you know, that's not quite right. I, Phil feel specter actually didn't produce this or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I know now, <laughs> but podcasts preserve you and your idiocy for all
0: time. You yeah, know, you should, we should record just a, a thing to, to paste over on top of it.
1: I mean, I would actually love that just if I could cut in and be like, look, this is will from the future. <laughs> I know I got that wrong. You don't have to email me. I eat shit in two episodes. If you want to listen to me at the end yeah. of the issue 10 episode. Well, anyway, uh, but if you want to, so Kevin, if you have I apologize,
0: uh, apology, not accepted. That's Keep totally emailing you're right. emailing until totally Will right. apologizes again in two more episodes. <laughs> uh, so if you
1: want to email us, you can do it at screw at Gmail, which is our original email address that we will never change. Yeah. ScrewItSpidey. ScrewItSpidey at Gmail. And then we have an Instagram account, screw comics, which Kevin does these really beautiful screenshots of what we're talking about. I think you'd really, if you're listening to this podcast, you would love Screw It Comics Instagram. And then Kevin also has a little bonus Instagram called Screw It Recent, which are just comics he's reading. And my brother is a comic book expert. He is a devourer. Basically, we started reading around like 1982, 1983 when we were kids. And then I stopped four or five years later when I graduated high school. I didn't 100% stop, but I largely pulled back. And Kevin never stopped. So he has this encyclopedic very good taste, knowledge of comic books, and Screw It, Recent is um, just—it's a joy. I love—I love the stuff you put on Screw It, Recent. Yeah, it's—it's
0: it's not like I have any plan to it. It's just whatever I feel like reading at the time. Sometimes it's new stuff. Lately, it's been Richard Sala's stuff since he passed. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I also follow a blog called I think Every ASM or uh, Instagram account Every ASM Ever, which is Every Amazing Spider-Man Ever, and it's just the covers. And, uh, he's just recently hit the air when I started reading current comics.
1: Oh, Roger Stern.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, and really more what follows like Tom DeFalco probably. Yeah. Cause I think we came at the tail end or I came in at the tail end of Roger Stern, but it's yeah. just like seeing those covers. I'm like, I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Me too. Yeah. I'll remember all those too. Yeah. It's fun. And there's like the cover where stuff. he gets his red and blue costume back. Oh yeah. And, uh, everybody is talking about how they didn't realize it was an Iron Man spoof or homage, uh, from the I first think I maybe from like Iron Man third or fourth story when he got his red and gold Ditko outfit, which yeah. I didn't realize either when I first saw that cover, but it's just I'm fun. Sure I like, didn't either. It's just like, isn't a well-known enough anyway, but it's just fun to see those and be like, yep, I remember that. I remember discovering that. I remember realizing that anyway, uh, Instagram has got a lot of great accounts that just, post covers and images and, and panels and I like following them. Yeah. It's a nice escape sometimes. Um, well, I think that's it for our episode, Kevin. Yeah. We've only got two more issues of, uh, this we're going to JLI, uh, yeah, the next, gonna go on to jail Europe. The next two are going to sort of, uh, finish up the max Lord mystery. Great. I can't wait. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Oh, yeah. And just another Justice League not really doing anything adventure.
1: Um, I'm sure it'll be a blast. Yeah, it's great. All right. See you guys next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Screw
0: talk about comics.